0: Is dropped and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Scores. Wires and scores. What a stop by Carter, Jets go, bang, bang, bang! Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Truly the best time of the year. The Stanley Cup playoffs are upon us in episode 159 of the Ground Control Podcast. is going to try and channel all that excitement into a cohesive preview of the upcoming series between the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Joining me, as always, live from Vegas, Jamie Thomas, Paul Edmonds of 680 CJOB, Darren Millard, the host of Vegas TV broadcasts and the Chirp Podcast, will be along shortly to offer the Vegas perspective. But we know the fans listen to Ground Control because they want Jets perspective from experts. And we've got two of them right here, Um, guys. Clearly, coming on later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're coming (laughs) on later. We just (laughs) gotta. Where are they? Where are they? I want to listen to them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, clearly, I've healed emotionally from the series in 2018 and moved on, you know, between the jets and Vegas golden Knights. I definitely don't, you know, go back and look at YouTube clips of game one or any of that certainly didn't do that minute minutes before this recording. Um, But how are you both feeling as the playoffs are as we record this one day away from getting underway for Winnipeg?
0: Well, Jamie, I'll go ahead. I mean, I always feel like there's a bit of a, a Genesis here. There's a rebirth into a new season. And regardless of what happened in the 82 games prior, you did enough in those games to get here. So I get this undercurrent with this Jets team in this series here that there's a lot of excitement. But moreover, there's a belief here as well. And I think maybe that's more important than the excitement. I think everybody has excitement going into this, but you have to certainly believe that you have an opportunity to win. The Jets, I feel have that within them within the room, to a player, to a man uh, from that standpoint because let's face it, they had a lot of sort of playoff battle ready games that they had to go through. They had some adversity that they had to play through as well through the last three to five weeks. So why wouldn't you feel pretty good about yourselves and looking at the opponent? Five years later, there's still a good nucleus. We're going to get into that a little bit further as we go along in the podcast. But there's a good nucleus of guys that remember I would like another opportunity, I think, at the Golden Knights in the playoff series. This just happens to be the first round, but I do believe there's excitement and belief within the Winnipeg Jets locker room about this series and about their opportunity to seize it.
2: Yeah, there'd be nothing worse, Mitch, if the Jets limped into the playoffs and didn't have to almost work for uh, that that opportunity to to play in the postseason for the first time in two years, and I think the way all you know all the analytics and discussion about how well Winnipeg was playing, the fact that they took advantage of that homestand, that five game homestand, winning four or five, three games with at least six with six goals, you know, it was kind of the damn burst for them. And then that uh, that offensive flare started showing up again. The confidence when they have the puck, uh, dominating teams at times. And then that game against the Minnesota Wild, I think is probably the best preparation. You could ask for ahead of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs with all the emotions that went through and how the Jets didn't let the emotions get the best of them um, until, you know, clearly later when the game was out of reach and they, they had the two points and, and, the, and the playoff spot uh, secured. So the way they're playing as a team, the four lines the three defense pairings, and clearly Connor Hellebuck, you could understand why, at least visually from when listening and hear them um, talking, why they feel so confident.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Nikolai Ehlers mentioned it after uh, after practice on Monday. You know, there are a few familiar names from that 2018 Western Conference final that remain with both clubs. But really, you know, the roster turnover on both sides has been so profound that it really, it doesn't feel like the same two teams, yet that storyline is always going to be there. Maybe partly because I keep bringing it up. But how different do Mm -hmm. you feel this Jets club is? And why is it that you think the oddsmakers have this one pretty close to a 50-50 split?
0: Well, a couple of reasons for me. One, goaltending, and I don't know mm. that maybe we could have said that the goaltending was to the advantage of the Jets back in seventeen eighteen, and rightfully so. Marc Andre Fleury going against a younger Connor Halabak, and Marc Andre Fleury with a couple of cups in his back pocket mm. already at that point. So, you know, that would be an indicator for me as to why you would sway his series and why it did kind of go that way. But really, now when you fast forward the he's five or six years ahead or seasons ahead you look at a more experienced Winnipeg Jets team I look at more experience from Blake Wheeler Mark Scheifele Josh Morrissey Adam Lowry all guys who were around back then and of course Connor Hellebuck and then you add the experience of Nito Niederreiter, Vladislav Nemestikov, Brendan Dillon I mean, there's just more of a veteran presence with this team, not only a veteran presence, but a Stanley Cup playoffs veteran presence with this team. So that's why I feel that the odds makers could have this as a pick'em, you know, a coin flip. And I think the Winnipeg Jets are just fine with that. I just think overall the Jets are much more prepared because they've got something internally in the back of their head that they can lean on that maybe they didn't have and they were a little bit more devoid of back five or so years ago in seventeen
2: eighteen, and clearly mitch too uh, like th- there's a big size difference in the back end you know you don't have the nuclear weapon and the new t- nuclear deterrent and dustin bufflin yes you, know, you don't have tyler myers you don't have jacob truba like there's there's been a big change on the back end for the winnipeg jets clearly uh since dustin bufflin retired from from the team um you know a little while ago here so but I go, I go along with Paul, like experience is everything. And I know lots of guys will pitch pot or poo-poo that and, you know, experience is only so much, unless you don't have it. And the Jets have a lot of it. And uh, I think confidence is there. And while, you know, they're not, they may be saying all the things that, they, you know, they're not really worried about what happened in 2018. I remember Connor Hellebuck saying, he's you know, his concern is now his goals to win a Stanley Cup, not what happened back in 2018. Uh, you know, the fan base and enough wants to, to have that, taken care of, right. To, to put that in the rear of your mirror, because how frustrating and how close the jets came to getting the Stanley cup final in 2018. So while there's, you know, the cast of characters may have changed are a little bit smaller on the back end, but they could probably say they're a little bit more skilled in the back end as well. So there's just uh it's a different team, but I feel like this one, this team is as confident as they were in 2018 when the playoffs began.
1: Just one more thing before we get to, uh, to Darren Millard. Um, and Paul, you had mentioned goaltending a little bit. Uh, being a big part of, you know, what might help the Winnipeg Jets in this series. But is that probably in your mind the
0: biggest X factor going into this series
1: or what else is standing out to you guys?
0: That is definitely the biggest one, but I think there's some others that fall just underneath, uh, you know, slight lower layers if you will. The penalty kill, which is tied always to your goaltending, and defensive play, which is always tied to your goaltending. So I think when you have all of those, I just believe that Winnipeg might be a better defending team. They certainly had a better goals against average this year than the Golden Knights. They allowed fewer goals inside their own zone. They also had a better penalty kill and their goaltending was simply better. So, yeah, that's an intangible for me. And that might be an X factor in this series. Let's not forget. A sold-out building awaits as well for games three and four in mm-hmm. Winnipeg. And, yes, it was sold out in seventeen eighteen, but this just has a bit of a different feel to it this time around as well, considering the excitement that's just ignited inside the uh, city of Winnipeg and right through the province of Manitoba. So, goaltending, defensive play, penalty kill, and the fact that you're going to have the seventh man behind you. Remember, that series started in Winnipeg. This one's starting mm-hmm. in Vegas. <clears throat> So maybe you can turn the tables a little bit. And from that standpoint, you'd love to win game one, then try to get greedy. But if you can't split this series here, these two games, see what happens and awaits for you at home.
2: And Rick Bonus talked about to too much about the Jets getting to the front of the net, right? And how Vegas likes to build a house around uh, their goaltender will be Lauren Bursois in game number one. But it's you know, the discussion is you got to go low to high. But you, the forward's got to get to the front of the net. And it kind of reminds me of the last two times when it played, played against Nashville where Rick Bonus almost challenged his team through the media and to us in the broadcast about if you're not going to get punched, you, you don't take a punch in the face, you're not doing the right things. So they're going to have to fight through that type of uh, play to get to the front of that, get loose pucks and, and score on, uh, you know, in front of Lauren Bassoir, whoever decides to be the goaltender throughout as the series wears along. But getting to the front of the net is going to be huge for the Winnipeg Jets in this series.
1: And everything we just, cha- we just talked about, the Vegas Golden Knights would say, well, we have the answer to that. And Darren Millard will now dissect exactly what those answers might be. I'll give them
0: might be for the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. This is Nikolai
3: Ehlers. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
2: Darren, long time no see, my friend. Um, Before we get into the gist of what the Vegas Golden Knights are going to provide in this series against the Winnipeg Jets, I I love asking my former Sportsnet co-workers their favorite stories during the Stanley Cup playoffs, like in-studio or any story that you have um, while covering it, like your favorite stories from the days past. If I uh,
3: phrase that most, question
2: correctly.
3: Yeah, most of them involve uh like away from the rink, like something yes. totally not connected yes. to the yeah. game itself. Yeah. Uh, but there was one year uh where Detroit and Pittsburgh uh, had mm-hmm. those those back to back finals. Yes. But you couldn't you couldn't really get, remember that? You couldn't get from Detroit to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It was just too far to really justify a flight mm-hmm. uh or too close to justify a flight but it was too far to really drive back and forth but but you were stuck one way or the other and you had to fly through three different places and so that was wasting a whole day or you or you drive and you waste half a day uh, so <laughs> we would drive back and forth with uh cheech and doug and nick and we would have the greatest
2: oh uh, my drive. gosh and,
3: and the the commentary and the fights and the bickering. And it was, it was, we'd stop for ice cream and then Kipper would throw out ice cream out the window because he was done. And then we'd almost hit a car behind us. And like it was just, it, it was, it was amazing. Like that kind of memory is, is, is awesome from, from, from those days. Uh, very, I remember some of the stuff uh yes. Detroit Detroit winning in 2002 I remember a lot of that uh from uh beating the Carolina Hurricanes and mm. and one thing that uh, that I also remember is Alec Martinez who now I work with uh mm-hmm. as, as well he he plays I work on with the organization but uh, he scored the winning goal for LA in 2014 and Doug and I were so happy not that we were cheering for the Kings mm-hmm. yeah. but We, there was a two day break and you know how it works in the stand, like a final, there's two days between like games four and five or five and six and you go across the country and you're, you're on the road for another, at least four or five days. And so when Marty scored that goal, it meant we, we were saving like a week of our lives and (laughs) Doug and I just just giving it the old pumpernickel in the press box and not even caring who was, who was going to see us. And then the the post-game, uh, the post-game beers after, and there's always <laughs> one reporter, one outlet, that ends up being the the brunt of all our jokes uh, after a while, and then we just yeah. pick on that. Uh, that not not in a malicious way.
2: No, 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 yeah. no, I know yeah. what you meant. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> so, so those kind of things are for what I remember about the playoff run.
2: Um, and, and staying with that, it little just quickly, John Garrett's retiring this year and just one of your favorite stories about John Garrett, one of the great colored analysts, people in this business, but just one of your favorite stories with that.
3: So we used to do from the very start of Sportsnet when I was on Sports Central and Sportsnet News and what whatever they call it now, the mm. nightly highlight show that Ken and could do. And so we did a every Wednesday we did something called Outside the Crease where John and I would just commits and it would always end up being like eight minutes long and the the producers and the editors hated us because it would be <laughs> eight minutes long and they'd have to cut it down to two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, What else are we doing? Like this is fun. This is good stuff. It's John and I, and uh, yeah. But one one night we 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 got the idea that we would sell T-shirts, make up T-shirts for Outside the Crease. And we went all like, like send us in. We we got these t-shirts, they're coming. And then we got called the next day from uh, Scott Moore. And, uh, and he, he got called, I got called. What are you guys doing? You can't sell t-shirts. You can't just make stuff up. And so we had to actually make the t-shirts and give them to people who wanted them. And I still still have one, but uh, those kind of things were pretty fun. And then just being on the road with John is, yeah. uh, he was my voice of reason. Always my voice of reason when Doug and Nick would uh, would start talking Um their priorities or their privileges that they got to do Speech <laughs> would would uh calm me down and I, we're we're all great friends like we yeah, were I all know. great friends I know. but it was it was just everybody had the role he was our voice of reason he's like
2: the wolf he fixes problems that's he basically what yes John yes i know i know and yes 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 jamie i know that you
3: think that uh, that uh, there should be no playoffs but uh, i think that there should be a champion <laughs> perfect it's like you spend a ton of time with them
2: uh, so let's go with the team that you cover daily uh, the Vegas Golden Knights of the series with the Winnipeg Jets it's a crazy season goaltender wise like you can't even keep track of all the different goaltenders this year it seems as the dust has settled it's Lauren Bressois, the former Winnipeg Jet what has kind of pushed him into this role as the game, game one starter as this series begins I'll
3: give you the answer from Bruce Cassidy, who mm-hmm. was asked that question today by somebody that you work with uh, in, in Ken Weep. Yeah. Uh, Bruce said, first and foremost, health has promoted him uh, to this position or the lack of health by others mm-hmm. has opened up this, this avenue. They'd only played two goaltenders until the All-Star break. It was Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. And yeah. Logan Thompson went to the All-Star game uh, one of a couple of rookies uh, to go, Stuart Skinner with with Edmonton uh, as well. Uh, so they they were perfectly, they suffered injuries all over the place, but net mining was was cool. Logan comes back, he gets hurt the second game. Uh, then Aiden gets uh, banged up, and and Laurent Brousseau was was in Henderson biding his time. He didn't think he was going to be down there. He coming off hip surgery in uh, last summer, and he didn't think he was going to be in the American Hockey League for four months, but. Uh, because what Aiden and and Logan had done, both performance wise and health wise, uh, there was no reason to to look elsewhere or for uh, any other solutions. So when when Lauren came up, he played exceptional, and then he got hurt. He got hurt too, uh, which got into the whole rotation and the forced mm-hmm. the acquisition of Jonathan Quick and uh, uh, Yuri Patera was in there. But uh, but as things sorted itself out, Aiden got hurt, uh, Logan Thompson got hurt for a second time each, uh, Bressois got put in there, and he made every save that under Bruce Cassidy's system, which allows shots, but not a lot of high-danger shots, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got, I believe, the second best save percentage in the National Hockey League of shots over 30 feet, mm-hmm. which tells you that... He doesn't let any squeakers through he he stops all the shots that a goaltender sees or should be able to to stop mm-hmm. and that's a big uh feather in his cap when it comes to bruce cassidy liking you. when when he when he watches you and you uh, he's making those saves that that i i asked him to he's gonna he's gonna uh, move along, and and Bruce knows him a little bit more than than Jonathan Quick from a organizational standpoint by a couple right. months. So uh, he went in and he made a save. So he he's undefeated in his first three, one win to others, and then he comes back and he puts another win together and another win together. And he's not starting every game, but he's getting a couple of uh, good uh, good looks a week, and everybody else is having trouble staying healthy be, beside him he just worked his way into being the guy. And mm-hmm. part of it is circumstance and a whole lot of it was just, he didn't falter. There was not a single stumble. Jamie, he yeah. he had a point in every single start that he made in the national hockey league this year. It wasn't a big body work, but he made every single start and the guys love him. Mm-hmm. They, he's, he's, he's a great teammate and it just, it, it made it easier. So he didn't, he Pushed Jonathan Quick uh, aside just by his consistent play. Quick didn't do anything wrong. He suffered a loss against the Edmonton Oilers, which uh, everybody had had a tough night. It was their only regulation loss in the last ten. Uh, mm-hmm. But that seemed to open the door. They came back with LB, and and he's been he's been consistent. He doesn't make big flashy glove hand uh, windmill saves, but yeah. boy oh boy does does he make stops look uh, rather ordinary. But,
2: I mean. Lauren Waswat commands a lot of respect clearly in the Winnipeg Jets organization from yeah. his former teammates. He said a lot about facing his former team because Connor hell of a yeah. joke that he's gonna text him and say, I'm coming for you. Clearly that's a joke, but I mean there's a lot of respect clearly from this organization as they face a okay. former teammate.
3: I'll give you a little bit to that because yeah. I talked to LB yesterday, spent some time with him and uh, he's promised to teach me how to do the splits. So, uh, so I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah yeah. 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 Uh, with my hips. I uh, want I'm video
2: a, of this later. Yeah. Clearly, So yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you'll be, no, you won't need video. Cause you'll be able to hear my hip moving, oh. <laughs> the, the screeching and the, the clanging of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, LB and I were talking yesterday about that, uh, about wave Flaherty, the relationship there and uh, Connor Hellebuck. And uh, so I said, any, any back and forth? He's like, no, nope, no friends. Like you're laughing. Like nope, <laughs> yes. no, no, no friends. I said, Hey, uh, anybody, any text going back and forth? he's like, not yet, but I uh, haven't decided whether I'm going to respond to them yet. So, so it's like, he's, he's all business right now. Yeah. Like yes. it's it, And it's his first time doing this. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's had, it's the first time that he's grabbed a pseudo number one job. Now it took to the last 20 games of the season uh, to be anointed that. And even then they were walking a line wondering who is going to be healthy. Uh, this, is the, the closest he's ever been to a true number one, and he's going to have to play well to keep the job and the starting job. And he's, he's not uh, too full of himself to not realize the opportunity that's there. But he's also not going to take it last laxadaisical and have all this fun with it mm-hmm. uh, he's he's dialed in he's he he's looking forward to it and really, really focused on it.
2: What's the biggest difference between the Vegas Golden Knights now and then the last time the Jets and
3: Knights played one another
2: far like back in the back in the fall
3: uh, from now until the fall, yeah. Barbashev uh, has mm-hmm. done a, a really nice job coming over the trade deadline and the versatility uh, he played on the top line for 90% of his starts uh, since the All-Star or sorry since the trade deadline mm-hmm. and then he moved uh down to the third line and has been just as effective or better uh so so that versatility and that range has has certainly been a real uh boost to this team uh Mark Stone was healthy then Mark Stone hasn't played in yeah. a long time since the middle of January. Uh, still don't know uh, at, as of this recording, whether he's going to play in, in game number one. He practiced again today on the heels of having a, his hardest workout yesterday uh, with a full team practice. He's out of the non-contact Jersey. All things do point to being available, but, haven't heard that uh straight from uh anybody of uh, significance higher than me in the in the organization <laughs> and there's a lot of people higher than me yeah, within yeah. the organization uh so so that uh that's a big difference is he'll be coming back after uh february march april three months off uh so that'll that'll be uh, a little bit different within this organization and then just the musical goaltenders uh yeah. last time uh these two teams went uh went head to head there was. There was real stability in goal, and that's being reestablished now.
2: Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that – is it fair to expect Mark Stone to be Mark Stone in game one if he plays, or even at any point in the series?
3: No, but do I do I question whether he could be? Mm-hmm. No, because okay. of the atmosphere, because of the intensity. Like It's, it's Mark Stone stuff. Uh, everybody in in Manitoba knows what this guy is like, the expressive Mark Stone and how pumped up he can get uh, with his emotions. So uh, you put Mark Stone and you put the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're made for each other. So do I think that he can step in? Yeah, I, I do. Will there be a lull at some point? There has to be. I, I I find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be a flat spot at some point coming off three months, uh, three months away. Just the fatigue factor of not being in that regular grind and then going every two days. Uh, but uh, but I think I think you'll see him be a contributor. And then uh, he's he's the high tide in the sense of he floats a lot of boats. When mm-hmm. when he's in the lineup, and there's uh, there's some players that just play great when Mark Stone's in the lineup. Chandler Stevenson is a is a great a line mate of his. They've always had success since Chandler came over to the organization. Uh, he went to the All Star game. Uh, his production wasn't what it was in the first half of the season. I'd be hard pressed, and he he was really good against the Jets. In, in the three games uh, that they played this year. Uh, I, I would think that that would be a real boost uh, along with getting uh, Mark Stone back. It's almost like a two for one. Mm-hmm. You got a guy already in the lineup, but, uh, but he's going to be a lot uh, more effective with Mark Stone. in.
2: Um, listen, it's not, you can't have a conversation about the golden Knights this year in the playoffs without bringing up Jack Eichel's, Playoff mm. debut. It, it.
3: I heard that dude, somewhere. Was yeah. that Sports Illustrated on the back <laughs> yeah, page? Yeah, yeah. Where,
2: uh, I just got it the other day, and it said Jack Eichel's playing his first playoff game. It, to to him, does it feel Somebody like? Should
3: tell Jack that because yeah. I don't think he's heard that yet. <laughs>
2: no, I feel bad breaking the news to him on this one. So, but um, someone's got to do it. I'll take care of that uh, when I get to the rink tomorrow. But uh, on a serious note, does it has it felt like forever to him to get to this point?
3: Yes. Yeah, because it it has been forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And he's eight years in the league, and this is uh, this is really significant of it. He he downplays it. He talks about the team game and the goals and trying to come back from a non playoff year last year uh, to to making the playoffs this year, and uh, they did that. They overachieved from that initial goal in the sense of uh, they didn't just make the playoffs the number one seed, they they won the Pacific division. So uh, double down a, a couple of times. So uh, he talks a lot about the team. You'll, you'll hear that uh, during your conversations with him, but he's uh, he's also a guy that, uh, that is very much looking forward to this. It is just, it's not another game. When you get a chance to, to talk to him off the side, which I have uh, on a couple of occasions, this is, this is really significant. Now, now he, he had Vegas circled as one of the teams he wanted to go to. Yeah. The reason why he wanted to go to Vegas was because they make the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries curtailed that last year in that uh, ridiculous season of man games lost injury. But this is what's going to happen on, on Tuesday night is the exact reason why he wanted to be a golden knight and play mm-hmm. in Vegas, was opportunities to not just make the playoffs, and that'll, that'll take care of itself this week, but then also compete for a Stanley Cup. And and it, he's not just getting in and, oh, Jackson have play his first game and the hopes are maybe he can get through the first round. The hopes are with his organization, once again, is to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, I, I think uh, while he's excited about Tuesday, he's really, really uh, got the emotions going about the opportunity to go deep.
2: And last but not least, Alex Petrangelo has won a Stanley Cup before with the St. Louis Blues in 2019. How big of a role is he playing this whole thing? And I know they've been to the playoffs with him already, but this is, is this this time again for, for Vegas?
3: Well, uh, I don't know how closely people watch him, but mm. he's the quietest defenseman
2: yes. that
3: I've ever watched in person. So uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, set a Golden Knights record for points by a defenseman this year. And they've they've had some good uh, offensive guys. Mm-hmm. One place for for the Winnipeg Jets in, in mm-hmm. Nate Schmidt, uh, uh, Shea Theodore, who's who's been been hurt a little bit this year. But Alex Petrangelo set that record late in the season, and I was thinking, okay, has he been like on fire? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a couple of good stretches, but it wasn't one of those ones where you go, this guy's like lighting it up like Eric Carlson. And then you look back and go oh three points there three points there uh, multiple three point games a point streak here and you go oh he he did he was on fire and he does it really quietly and really efficiently uh his his minutes will be down compared to his St. Louis days because they have such a stacked and deep blue line uh with with the with the Golden Knights which makes him even more valuable uh and and those points are with without a power play that's that's clicked on all cylinders this year and mm-hmm. uh i i've uh his his edge work i he and i laugh all the time about edge work uh but his his edge work is so smooth and and graceful and then just the efficiency of breaking the puck out. He he can decide when to go or decide to stay back. And you, there's not none of that scrambling. Like oh, I gotta get back. And you, you see that all the time, right? the uh, mm-hmm. defenseman just turns around and starts high tailing because he he's afraid to get beat. There's never any of that or the rush to keep the puck in in the blue line and pinch. He's he just always makes it look so so fluid. Uh, I don't know what the secret is, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's easy to miss. But boy, watching it every night, I appreciate it so much.
2: That's great that these two teams are meeting after uh, meeting one another in the 2018 Western Conference Final. Darren, appreciate your time and uh, enjoy I was there the for that. I was on, <laughs> on your side for that. <laughs> I know, that? my gosh. yes, it's
3: so long ago. So long ago. That was the when they went on the big run, St. Louis, and we yeah. were mad because I know uh, St. Louis, St. Louis beat the Jets, and then they went and won the whole darn thing.
2: Game five will always sit there. The remember Kevin Hayes wide open net yep. stick breaks pulls it out. Changed everything. Changed, changed. everything. Jets so would be
3: Stanley Cup champions by now. I know. If we yeah. had wood sticks, then <laughs> be, be totally different. Uh, yeah. Jamie, great to see you. I can't wait to get up to to Winnipeg to hang out with you uh, next week. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll show you around town. If I don't make it though, mm-hmm. uh, I'll leave. Uh, I'll leave you some notes and just uh, take it upon yourself. All right. <laughs> Because so I've you. done everything on the strip already and they don't need yeah. to see me again. Yeah, no. But there's <laughs> this one room that you have to check out. You have to check out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do I just mention your name when I yeah, walk just, in? Or...
3: <laughs> I, I, I just don't mention Lawless. That,
2: you're not going to end up in the
3: <laughs> yeah in, in our, the right, right yeah, area.
2: I'll, I'll end up in the wrong room.
3: <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> see you, buddy.
1: Big thanks to Darren Millard. Obviously, some Jets fans might remember him from 2019, uh, the St. Louis Blues series, uh, when he was around uh, helping us out with some of our pregame coverage as well. Uh, one final question for Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas before we let them enjoy their day, get back to their game prep as they get ready for game number one. Uh, we talked about X-Factors. We talked about a number of things, but and there's all the big names in this series, but I'm curious... Who you guys believe has a chance to be the un the unsung hero or someone we're maybe not talking about now that could have a say in this series before it's over?
0: I'm always a believer, Mitchell, in your top players are going to cancel out your top players in a series like this. They're going to get theirs. Your guys are going to get theirs. Okay, so it's not the lesser lights, but it's the guys that are sort of maybe in your bottom six or your your bottom D pairing that are going to be a factor. And earlier with Jamie, we did something with Sarah and I said that Nikolai Ehlers could be that guy. And I still believe that. And a guy like Neil Pionk after Josh Morrissey could provide that with the 10 goals that he scored this year. But I'm going to go and, you know, maybe there could be some criticism from you guys completely off the board Morgan Barron, for me, mm. is going to be an X-Factor. You son of a gun! <laughs> Did I steal <laughs> Did I steal your guy? <laughs> Morgan Barron, that's why I went first. I'm like, he's going to go paper. completely off the board. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I don't know what it is, but he got in around that, toward that 100-game mark, maybe the 90-game mark, and I don't want to say the light bulb came on for him, but he just started playing without a concern, and, when if you've coached before at any level and any sport, really when you tell kids or when you start to get athletes that are really starting to improve in the game, part of it is they're not thinking they're just reacting. And we started to see that with Morgan Barron and case in point was the big goal that he helped set up with his skating ability and his size on Mason Appleton in that clinching game that gave them the playoff spot in Minnesota, not that long ago. And then he followed up the next night or, couple of nights later in the next game in setting up Kevin Stenland on that shorthanded two-on-one situation. This is a guy that right now is feeling pretty good about his game despite the fact that he's in the bottom six. I think that he can become a guy that maybe chips in with a point here and there and that's sometimes all it takes is for a bottom six guy to chip in with a point here and there at a crucial time in the hockey game that could win you a game and ultimately swing a series so for me sorry to steal your guy JT but it's Morgan Barron. I think could be uh, a guy that we should be talking about more that we might be as this series goes along okay so now that you've done that to me I- I'm going to go with Nate Schmidt and, and listen he's he,
2: he's the only guy tied into this from a Vegas side that's now with the Winnipeg Jets but Dylan Sandberg is making his Stanley Cup playoff debut and that is Nate Schmidt's defense partner Dylan's you know Dylan I talked to Dylan today he says you know it's just another game to him but I don't think so like their nerves are going to be there no matter what and Nate Schmidt is so good at communicating on the ice off the ice I think he'll play a large role in settling Dylan Sandberg down when things are getting a little erratic in his own you know he makes a quick decision or makes a quick mistake I think Nate Schmidt's going to be in his ear and helping him out and then Nate Schmidt on the second power play unit is going to have to start getting some shots through as well he's got a great one-timer to start hitting in the net so nate schmidt is my x factor in this series
1: well i don't know about you guys but we've previewed this thing i don't know there's the video <laughs> version i have a written version this is the yeah. audio version
0: yeah i think it's two, yeah. to the two experts to come yeah, exactly. we to, we've got more <laughs> experts to come. So, this is going to be You're the gonna listeners have to pay are in for a though. treat. <laughs> <laughs> They're
2: going to cost money, the, the, the experts. They don't come free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just absolutely looking forward to this uh, series getting underway. Of course, you can view the full schedule for the series on WinnipegJets.com, as well as see all the coverage, video and written, as the series goes on at that website. As well as always, you can listen to these two gentlemen on 680CJOB every single game. And of course, they'll be making appearances on digital coverage as well. Jamie Thomas, Paul Edmonds, thanks for stopping by and enjoy the series, guys. Uh, We will. Thanks a lot, Mitchell. You too. Thanks,
0: buddy. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.